0: Hi there, I'm Adil and you're listening to Plot Mechanics. This week we're doing part 3 of our Daniel Craig James Bond miniseries, Skyfall, written by Neil Purvis, Robert Wade and John Logan, directed by Sam Mendes, filmed by Roger Deakins and boasting a stellar cast, Daniel Craig, Dame Judi Dench, Javier Bardem, Ralph Fiennes, Naomi Harris, Ben Whishaw, Albert Finney and so many others. This is one of the most popular films in the series of course and for good reason. You've probably seen it, but if you haven't... Spoiler alert! Now, if like us, you're rewatching all the Daniel Craig films in preparation for No Time to Die, also check out our previous episodes on Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Without further ado, let's join my friends Ed, Leon and Motsi and analyze this film.
1: start this podcast episode again, so now they can hear me on the microphones in the podcast land what up people how are you hope you're doing well uh if you haven't figured it out already uh you're listening to plot mechanics my name is leon johnson you know who i am i am also joined by my lovely friends who you should know who they are but if you don't uh please introduce yourselves i'm
2: ed
0: i'm adil
3: and i'm matzi
0: so today we're talking about uh the third james bond se- movie in our series Skyfall, 2012 movie directed by Sam Mendes and starring Daniel Craig as Ian Fleming's James Bond 007.
3: Indeed.
0: Indeed. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, first off,
1: spoilers, but you're listening to us, so deal with it. Um,
3: 2012 movie. <laughs> yeah, right? Statute of limitations are done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You All have- right. We've had almost ten years to watch this. Exactly. Right? I can't believe it's been nine
1: yes, years. I can't believe nine 2012.
3: Years. Jesus.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: Matsi, first it, opinions. I'm. This is the first time you've seen it, I assume. Because
3: not it's- the first time. I mean, oh, I did, this is the one movie I did watch. Like I watched it with my family. Um, it is. I mean, by the time when I was watching it, I'll admit I am already. I was already so done with like James Bond in general. Just like not because it's necessarily bad but it's just not my movie and i'm just like "Eh." so as i was going into this movie it wasn't fun for me but then it got fun because this is a fun movie (laughs) um i think this is the i mean between this and casino royale i actually don't know which one i like better but i do think that they're both like the best ones and this one like even even when i was feeling like well maybe not but this (laughs) when i was i would when i was um feeling all james bonded out Um, At this one like halfway through got me back in and I'm like I'm having fun so it's like you know like it it brought me back which is a feat if I'm if I'm not feeling generous towards a movie you know from the beginning it it, the fact that this one brought me back I'm like yeah this is a good movie so
0: these are definitely the best two of the three James Bond movies you've seen
3: yeah, the th- yeah, absolutely. And the other
0: one was really bad, that's why. <laughs> to be
3: fair, no, but yeah, I'm just, no, but I mean, when when, I, when somebody goes into something not enjoy like, pretty much not enjoying something, the fact that it made me enjoy it is a feat, I think. Mm. Like, to be fair, like, so I will say, good movie. Um, sure, we, it has its, some of its flaws, and I will talk about it later, but um, I think the one thing I loved most about this movie is that most of the characters are likable. Which not not so in even the James Bond movies that I like. So like one other James Bond movie that I like. <laughs> so
1: yeah, there's that. Yeah, liked it. It's good. Yeah, um, yeah. It was good. It was a great movie. I enjoyed this movie. Um, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a a fun uh, romp. Um, this is, in my opinion, the best of the Daniel Craig movies so far. We don't know how No Time to Die will. Uh, be but uh, so far this is the best Daniel Craig James Bond movie and probably in my top three of all James Bond movies to be honest. Um, it's it it's as tropey as you need James Bond to be while also providing like the best villain in James Bond history. I don't know do yeah give me that face of Dill he he is okay if not the best villain uh the best written villain. That's, and in my Deals opinion, like deal can make all the faces he wants. Um, I think I think that that just the way you had a villain who outsmarted the good guys enough times that I'm like, yeah, you know what, you deserve villain status. You weren't just some stupid goon being like, I want to take over the world or I want to break. So-. He had a motive, and it was it it tied to the heroes. I think it, I liked it, and technically, uh, he kind of won. Because he took out M. So
2: like, you know. Um, this movie is great. It's so great. I don't know. It completes the whole arc of James Bond from like, you know, what he was, what he what you he starts off in Casino Royale to what he becomes now. You know, he's still loyal to MI6, but he's just got so much more depth to him now. And you know, you see him flawed in this one, which I think is so great, like physically flawed, like, you know, and 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 I haven't come over those limitations was great um, yeah the all the characters are amazing I actually think um, I, I kind of agree with Leon a little bit I I think this is probably the best probably the best of the James Bond villains just because he's it's the right balance of cartoony but also terrifying like it's evil but it's car- it's like the, the perfect balance and I think Javier Bardem you know just like coming off like four years from after playing Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men, he still got it. He's he plays great villains, so mm. you know. Um, and the the unsung hero, in my opinion, in this film is actually Roger Deakins, because this movie unsung, but yeah. The well, unseen, you know, he, he, he he's yeah, well, he's unseen, and you don't really think about it. But this movie looks so beautiful; every shot is just. A master class in cinematography and shot composition and editing. I know he doesn't really edit, but it's like the shots, how he, how he puts things, how he shoots things. So the editor can put it together. Um, the action scenes are just absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, the, the shots, the establishing shots, some of the best establishing shots I've ever seen in a movie, like just absolutely wonderful. Uh, the The tricks he does with lighting, you know, everything. It's just a, it's just such a great movie to look at it just helps the fact that the story is great the characters are great and everything about this movie is pretty great but you know like that that additional element there just shows why like i would recommend this movie to people who don't even like james bond
3: mm-hmm. yeah this is this really is think, one, one of the two
2: yeah this is Cas- this in casino royale i think in my opinion, are definitely the two two of the best Bond movies. I think of the more traditional ones, like we like I, I said, I think I like Golden Eye and Honor Majesty Secret Service. I was talking with somebody at work, and we were talking about Bond, and he was telling me all his favorites were like Moonraker and like all the ones with the Roger Moore, the Spy mm-hmm. Who Loved Me, and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, we have a completely different <laughs> opinion on Bond, so. I guess like, I, I I guess I can't really uh, speak for all Bond fans, but definitely Casino Royale, Skyfall, definitely my two favorites. Especially, and
0: and Daniel Craig is my favorite James Bond. So this this fantastic movie. Yeah, definitely definitely is in both of them are in my top five. I usually think Casino Royale is a little better. It's but watching it yesterday, it made me question that a little bit. It's so it was such uh, the impact of watching this movie is so fantastic every, every time I watched and and watching it yesterday reminded me of the first time I saw it in theaters when I came out like, oh this is so much better than Casino Royale. it's not. But uh, that was the the effect that i I had the, the emotionally after watching that film. It's a great bond film. And as you said, Ed, it would it's a bond film I would recommend even to people who don't like James Bond. And also Marty, you're right. They're more more likable in this film than in Casino Royale, but that's also the story. That's his arc. Here, you see him when he's more of a veteran and he's learned his lessons and he's become the agent that he should be. He's already there. His relationship with M is great. It's the best it's ever been in the series. M is the best she's ever been. Or of all the M's of all the movies, this is the best M has ever the most Emma's ever had to do, and the yeah. most interesting she's ever been. Uh, as an action film, it's fantastic. Visually, it's the best Bonds ever looked. Before that, uh, uh, On Her Majesty*, *Secret Service*, and *Casino Royale* looked fantastic, but this is this takes it to a whole new level. I mean, Roger Deakins is a is a god. So it's he could make your graduation look great. So it's 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 just it's just a wonderful film. I, I, I love it. It's I can't recommend it enough. All right, Skyfall. James Bond is now a veteran 00 agent. He and MI6 operative Eve Monophenny are in Istanbul, where a mercenary called Patrice has just stolen a hard drive containing details of undercover agents. Bond chases Patrice through the streets, roofs, and bazaar of Istanbul, and they end up on a moving train. During the chase, Bond is hit by fragments of Patrice's armor-piercing bullets. Meanwhile, Moneypenny follows the train in her vehicle. As they fight on top of the train, M orders Moneypenny to shoot Patrice, even though she doesn't have a clear shot. Moneypenny hits Bond instead, and he falls from the train into the river far below. M and Money Penny are left stunned as Patrice escapes with the hard drive. We then get the film's title sequence with the song Skyfall by Adele, who is not me. <laughs> Adele and Adele.
3: Adele.
0: You're you're going right and heavy with those spoilers,
2: eh, cuz that uh, the, the fact that she's Money Penny was uh, yeah. a yeah, pretty big surprise.
0: I consider considered not I... <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody Messaging. knew I had no was, idea. I did. Oh, was
2: like, I was like, oh crap! Money, money, Penny is a character now, not just a, a receptionist that is the subject of Bond's sexist, <laughs> flirtatious <laughs> ways. Now she's an actual character with a brain and abilities. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, I considered not saying it until we got to that part, but then I didn't know what I was going to refer. To her as so I thought, oh, you know what I'm Eve, just
3: say, I guess
0: you could have just called her Eve. Yeah, but then yeah, but yeah,
1: yeah. it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll say this: this movie, uh, what was done in Casino Royale to find a f- to try and fix a lot of Bond's problems, uh, in terms of like the sexism, the violence, the murder, you know, all the stuff that you're like, eh, really? <laughs> um, this movie actually like faces those problems head on. And I, 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 I was kind of wishing that this was Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, to be honest, um, because it kind of it, – it set it up quite nicely in being like, oh, well, what do you think when I say kill? You say – or murder. You say job. And I'm like, okay, he understands that what he is is negative. When he starts hitting on money like you understand all these things. and I'm like, you know what? You're trying to get into a, a character like – a character study of james bond as this problematic horrible uh, murdering sexist dude um who still has loyalties to this problematic murdering misogynistic country um <laughs> right and and having this whole this whole beginning setup and having him look like he's dying i i was like this is a great way to like end daniel craig like i like the way that they kind of brought him back eventually and then he survived i mean i shouldn't have that bullet and fall should have killed him but it was the intro to the title sequence i get it they needed that long fall um yeah but i i think i think this 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 opening scene did a great job in establishing that reminding us that despite everything we saw in the previous uh movie um this is a more self-actualized bond as a uh, a character who has his flaws, and those flaws are being justified by means that don't necessarily value him, which well, we will get into further in the in the story.
2: Well, I think um, you know when you talk about Quantum of Solace I think that Skyfall begins the way that Quantum Solus technically should have begun or was trying to begin, but completely failed because it's like, like the thing I like about this action sequence is that it actually leads right into the story. Like it, it is. It's not a side mission that get that that or or a previous mission like most Bond films start that gets you into the movie. This is very much like the the story is starting now, and like what he's go, what they're going after is important for the rest of the movie. And I thought that was really cool. And 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 again, it just starts like right away, so you're right into it, which was awesome. And um, the fact that Eve is right with him alongside him for most of the scene, the sequence, you know, uh, was, was awesome because it's like showing that he can work with somebody else, work with someone else who's female, work with, you know, and, and like it, 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 it gets to, it, it just shows visually that this character has grown and isn't quite the same person. And he's still kind of the, that person, like, you know, but he, he, he's grown, he's not the Casino Royale character. And, and I appreciated that. And I thought that was really well done. And, and, and it definitely leans more into the organization, how, and how corrupt this organization can be, but also the questioning, the val- validity of the organization. And I thought that was the way they set that up was done really well. And it's also Adele's Skyfall, which <laughs> is, even, is this
3: the best opening? I don't know. I obviously haven't seen it. I don't that. know,
2: but it like, it's like, it's like it's the most iconic one. song. Like,
3: mm-hmm. like
2: uh, even people that didn't know Skyfall were like, oh, I've heard this song before. Yeah. So,
0: it's, it's the first song, the first Bond song to win uh, an Oscar, which is, first of all, ridiculous, but it's it de- definitely deserve the Oscar. It's, yeah, one of the best, if not if not the very best. Yeah. yeah. Even
1: over Diamonds Are Forever? Because that song was on point. Yeah. Even, well, over, it's also Adele. Goldfinger,
0: Diamond, like, Diamonds uh, Are Forever were not even nominated. Adele at the height of Adele. In 2012, Adele at <laughs> the height of her career. She was getting yeah.
2: something yeah. for this song, no question. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I... um. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? Um, I did like most of the action sequences in this movie. I think I got spoiled just because of the um, the f- opening action sequence for Casino Royale having re- a really cool, like, um, what's the word? Um, parkour. Parkour, sure. yeah. Having really cool parkour. Because I, I really like that. Like, so when I was watching this one, I don't, I didn't think it was the best one. But I do think, I agree, like, it, it led into the story. Like, I actually remember what happened because it's like, oh, it has consequences. Whereas like a lot of the other ones are like, it you know, it's kind of just, it leads into the opening song, which, you know, if if it's not, it's not particularly, it's not going to stick with you really, (laughs) you know what I mean? So like this one, like, I like how the entire movie is like, is one story and it's not, you know, it's not parts and parts, which is, I think one of my main issues with Cine Royale, but I I I like like Adil said, when I'm looking at this and I'm looking at Cine Royale, I can't say which one's better because they're both really good. But I do think this one, it kind of like every part of it felt like it was connected to everything else, which I think lends itself to being a movie that's memorable because I did remember most of the stuff in this movie, from back when back in 2012, when I watched it with family, and it being, I think, the first Bond movie I ever watched, honestly, like that I can recall.
0: Um, By the action, it, it's as you, you guys said, it's it's really one of the best. It's what I like about it. It's pretty much the anti Quantum of Solace. It it's got the geography is very very clear. There's a lot of stakes, not just mm-hmm. Uh, for Bond and, and the characters who are involved in it, but everybody around, you, you can see the reactions from those people. You see, you see Bond trying to, to avoid them, not to hurt them. And, and, and even penny when she starts shooting, she asks everybody to duck mm-hmm. instead of just shooting blindly at everybody. It, there's, there's something very, very uh, grounded and at the same time fantastical about the, this action scene. It, it feels so real, the, the whole place looks so real, especially when they're in the bazaar or when they're on, on the bike. It, it's so cool and, and it keeps escalating, which is great. It starts in the, in, in the with the car chase and then it becomes a, um, a mo- motorcycle chase on the roofs into there and then onto the train fighting and and then it ends with that shot of Bond getting shot and falling off, which is really, really shocking. And this is when I decided that I would stop watching movie trailers because that was in the trailer. Because if I had seen that for the first time, it would have really, really blew me, me away. And uh, one thing I like also is Bond Bond's compassion at the beginning when he sees the fellow agent dying and he doesn't want to leave him. And, and he's really pissed that um, forces him to leave the guy and <laughs> uh, that was really good and the, the credits the the title sequence beautiful maybe the best of all of them it, it's just casino royale had a great one too mm-hmm. this one has one that really touches upon the theme of the movie and emotionally it's very it resonates a lot especially when you watch it again
1: yeah and that's the thing like Oh, I was going to say, um, like, Adil, the one thing you, you mentioned now that this movie did well is that we've had in the past where, like, action movies never serve the character in past movies. Like, we see it all the time. They just have action for having action's sake. Um, but the fact that he initially felt that compassion for the agent and had an argument with M leads him to... Have the You you understand now that he has resentment for M's decisions, which comes up constantly throughout the movie, not just regarding him and his life, but how M makes decisions regarding that. And which also ties into the whole thing about Julia, like the idea that that this um, little moment of him, of of M not showing compassion was essentially like uh, foreshadowing to the entire plot of the film. Mm-hmm. right? M is making calls for the greater good, and the villain, who we get introduced to later, um, has a problem with that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to say that I think the reason I, um, musically, I think, like, Adele's song really works for the opening as well, because, like, it's one of the, it's I think it's the one that melds best with the Bond like um, the Bond, like music, like that 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 um, that tune that they have for for all of the Bond movies that I've seen so far. I think this one ha- this one gets it the best because I think like the way Adele sings and the way like the song goes, it has that all sinking and like that that rising and sinking feel throughout the song. Like even though it's very Adele, like it has like but it has like the Bond music like coming in and it sounds like it's part of the song like you know and then you hear that repeat over in the movie and i think like it really fits like as you guys mentioned the scenes are like visually beautiful but like every time i heard that that hook it felt like it fit into the scene um which is not just which is not something i noticed for all for the other ones like i think there are certain moments where it fit for the other ones but like i think in this one every time you hear that music it fits the tone of the moment very well
0: 3 months later Bond is missing, presumed dead. Due to a public inquiry, M is asked to retire by Gareth Mallory, the chairman of the Intelligence and Security Committee. Although she claims she's still useful, the MI6 servers are hacked, and M receives a taunting computer message moments before the MI6 building explodes, killing eight people. Meanwhile, in Greece, Bond is still alive and spends his time drinking and with women. He learns about the attack on MI6, and then he decides to return to London. There, he is reunited with M, and he's subjected to a number of physical, medical, and psychological examinations so as to clear him for active duty.
1: I I like the fact that they said three months had gone by, Mm. because that added a sense of real not realism because he got shot with a 50 cal off a building but still (laughs) off a moving train um but they uh you know when you see bond again um you know he's not he's not in a good place he's not fully healed he but you know three months is enough time if you've had your training and hospital stays and you have money um that you and you got a shot in the shoulder um that you or collarbone as he says you could you could feasibly get back on your feet like little bit of physio so the fact that they added realistic time frame especially when they start saying okay well the the drives were hacked uh, and that's how they got in and i was like yeah three months to hack an encrypted drive that it seems about right um mm-hmm. whereas most movies would have just been like next week this happens and i'd be like mm, nah. mm-hmm.
3: yeah i also i love the scene where he's like doing where he's doing his tests Like, I love that they're, like, they're briefing him as he's doing those tests and he's just kind of just, like, has to take it and he's like, eh, he's he's not having it. And you show, and one thing that you see is, like, him doing certain, um, every single thing that he does in that physical test, he does later in the movie, including the part where he's, like, doing pull-ups and he has to, like, hold on to an elevator. I'm like, that's, that's good, like, uh, seeing that, like, obviously running, running is, like, running, 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 but, like, everything else I'm like oh that's great
2: I think there's three amazing things that this that this part of the film sets up which is one is I think the dynamic between all the MI6 this is probably the best that it's ever been because they all feel like they've worked together most you know even in Casino Royale it didn't really feel it's like an afterthought like you know they're there but they're not really like you don't really see how the how it the whole inner workings of how what only, yeah, yeah who does what yeah exactly and i think that the personalities that they give to the characters here is great i really liked mallory as well like refines mm-hmm. playing mallory and in that introduction at first i thought maybe he was involved in the portrayal because the way he's the way he acts and then obviously as you you get to know him better you realize oh you i see what you're going to do with him but um yeah it was really good uh the second thing is um I love the way that this film humanizes Bond with those tests Yes. and the fact that he fails them all and she mm-hmm. still passes them. It's, it's great because whenever you watch Bond, a Bond film, you assume that he can do anything and get out of any situation and you never stop to think about, how much work that actually took to get him to that point, regardless of whether you believe it or not, how much work it would have taken someone to get to that point that they can think like that, that they can act like that. And they can be so cold and calculating. And, you know, I liked seeing him failing in this, in this respect, or at least really struggling. And I thought that again, that's a, that's something that I think that this thing that this film did really well. And then obviously the introduction of the villain Mm -hmm. and just doing that, like, like the, like, messaging M, knowing she's when when she's not there and then having her watch that and they even say like you know he that yeah, was just fully to, planned. Just so, you know like you know that this is somebody who has calculated everything mm-hmm. and it creates that intrigue and sets him up as a, as a worthy adversary for this organization
3: I also want it to add very, oh,
2: very quick. It's okay. And it does it in like such a great visual too. So mm-hmm. I also That's- just
3: wanted to add off what you mentioned um, with his limitations. Like I like the fact that when he realizes that he's off, like he's very off with his shot, he like literally digs into himself and finds the shrapnel. Cause like, yeah, like if he didn't get like proper medical care, there would still be shrapnel in there. And only mm-hmm. now is he dealing with it. And even then, like, even after, he gets a little bit better, but it's still kind of, you know, like it, it's, you can't just recover from that, like literally cutting yourself open.
0: You're touching upon something very interesting. It's, it's you know, something that you said earlier when when Tanner tells him, oh, do you want to do it later? What surprised me the first time I saw this film was Bond's response. He said, you know what? Yes, let's, He, he he's so tired and so vulnerable that he has to admit, to somebody else that he he can't take it anymore. And in general, especially for action movies, when you're, if your main character, if your hero is invulnerable, it's not a very interesting character, he's not very likable, the more you make it hard for him, of course, there are limits to that, you can't be completely incompetent, but the, the harder you make it for your protagonist, the more likable, going to be and the more challenging the obstacles are going to feel which will create more tension in all the action scenes that you're going to have afterwards
1: yeah and just to bounce off that like i think the one thing this movie did better than 60 percent of movies is that they managed to successfully eliminate the concept of plot armor for an action hero Mm -hmm. right any action movie you watch um you know they're going to be fine because the plot will protect them. The movie's called... It, it's it's a James Bond movie. James Bond's gonna survive, right? Um. So the fact that they, in the first scene, initially scrapped that off the scene, was like, mm, yeah, he's not bulletproof. And then you have him not only die from that, but have to do a recovery thing. You know, there might be an issue where he's fighting and he gets pulled off. Even when they're showing him fight later and they're showing him do things, like, he is... He is vulnerable. And not just physically vulnerable but mentally vulnerable and the fact that this movie successfully managed to grab every main character in this movie and say you know what they might die in this film and and that's something that is very difficult to do because they could have ended this movie with james bond dead um instead of m and then it still would have been just as powerful as a film
0: one more thing about this section is that um the dynamic between m and bond and i did touch upon that at the beginning, but uh, I love the, their reunion, that the, the moment he's there, M is not even going to freak out. She knows exactly who that is, even if she's, he's in the shadows, because she knows him so well. And um, I love the banter between them. It's just like, um, uh, so I'm going to go to my place and say, well, we sold your place. Like, okay, I'm going to find a hotel. Like, well, yeah, you're bloody well not sleeping here. They have this dynamic, and you know that they're more than just, you know, uh, boss and, and employee at this point. They, they have a, an actual rapport. And uh, it also, something very interesting was that initially, he kind of complains that she said, take the shot. And then she said, oh, you've been playing this game long enough. So you know what's at stake, and you know how I'm going to react. So don't, don't pretend that you didn't know that was going to happen. And that reminded me of Casino Royale when she, when he says double O's has have a very short life expectancy, which which also shows that Bond has exceeded that life expectancy. He's he's really different from all the other agents because of that because he's older, which is also the theme of, of the film. Like at some point, are you still relevant, both for M and for Bond and for the series, which which turned fifty that year. Um, so. The one thing, it's not a complaint about the movie. It's more about when the movie came out. The last time we saw Bond, he had finally become 007. And now he's ready to kind of retire. So we've never seen him in his prime. We've never seen him as the, the, the great agent that he should be. Uh, not, not this situation. But, well, it is what it is. I love the movie we've got. So Bond removes the fragments of... Patrice's bullet from his shoulder and has them analyzed. Those allow MI6 to track Patrice to Shanghai. M agrees to send Bond off to Patrice even though he didn't pass the examinations and despite Mallory's protests. Before he leaves, he meets the new Q who gives him a miniature radio transmitter and a signature gun. In Shanghai, Bond catches up with Patrice but he's not in the best shape. So he fails in capturing Patrice who falls to his death. While searching Patrice's items, he finds a casino token that came from Macau.
3: This is where you start to see like all the, like, it's not the first likable, he's not the first likable character, but like Q is kind of the point where you start seeing like, where you start seeing this rapport like grow with other characters that aren't and Bond. And I I love Ben Barnes in this. Like, I think he's what I, like, what I remember most. Ben Wishaw, sorry, Ben Barnes. I'm so sorry. Ben Wishaw. In my mind, Ben, no, um, Ben Wishaw is like um my my sister had like a huge crush on him after you watched um, this movie. So that's why I remember that guy. Cause like she was like my sister was going all whatever. But um I think like having him like not only as a in contrast to Bond, but not really, because you know, like he yeah, like to to kind of you kind of um hit home the concept of somebody being old and outdated but at the same time this guy but then at the same time two just working together very well like as the movie goes on it's just fun like it, it's a fun rapport it makes things a little more interesting like I think and as time goes on you see that Money Penny Eve is also like a lot more interesting like the, this is where the movie starts to show you that characters other than Bond and the villain are actually fun and interesting to be around and you see a little more of MI6 than any other of the movies that I've seen. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like things just kind of progress and things just get more fun. (laughs) And I'm like, which, which for the stakes is very interesting. Like the fact that it's just getting more fun as time goes on. You're like, okay, all right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Bottom view are, that's a great dynamic because it flips the uh, traditional dynamic of Hugh being the old man and Bond being the kid he who always gets scolded. And here, Bond just doesn't trust this guy because he's so young. Mm-hmm. And also it touches upon the theme of the film, which is old versus young, uh, old, old versus new with a painting on the on the wall as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, as I said, call back to License to Kill, call back to GoldenEye when he says, well, you're not going to get an exploding pen. The Shanghai cinematography, I think, is my favorite. The the film, the the blue oh, yes. thing at the back with the the fight, and when Patrice and Bond are fighting, it's they're in the shadows. But every time there's a gunshot, it lights up their faces. The scene where he's hanging from that elevator is so dense because it lasts forty five seconds, and oh, you yes. see him holding. He's, and holding. And uh-huh. he's just holding. Like oh yeah, he's holding, and then you see on his face. It's me? getting yeah. harder and harder and you think that you're getting close, but no, he keeps going and going. He lets go of one arm. It's a hell of a shot
2: because you can see, like, I don't know how they rigged him up, but you can see mm-hmm. just how high up he's going and it's, mm-hmm. it's just so well done yeah
3: yeah it holds very well and this movie does yeah it holds on the scenes very well like like we mentioned also the fall of the other guy like we didn't have to see that whole thing but we see him fall for like quite a little bit longer than you would expect to see someone like fall and in like it's bond watching this happen and being like having that all that time to just regret (laughs) seeing this guy just fall 45 flights down and you're like uh... i don't know it's great it's great (laughs)
0: Never thought of that, but yeah. Four to five five, uh,
3: stories to regret.
0: (laughs) So in London, M receives another cryptic message and the names of five undercover MI6 agents are leaked to the public, compromising their covers. In Macau, Bond is joined by Moneypenny and at the casino, Bond meets Severin, whose employer is the one behind the attacks. Severine agrees to help Bond if she kills the, um, her boss. Bond is then attacked by some henchmen, and during the fight, they fall into a pit of Komodo dragons. With the help of Moneypenny, Bond is able to escape from them. And then Ma- Bond meets Severine again on her yacht, the Chimera. They travel to a, an abandoned island off the coast of Macau, where the crew captures and delivers them to Severine's employer, Raul Silva. Silva uses sorry Silva used to be an mi6 agent and he was abandoned by m against whom he still holds a grudge Silva kills severin but bond uses the radio transmitter to alert mi6 which arrives and captures Silva.
1: the one thing in this part of the movie that i was just like word is I f- so i kind of forgot it was bond and then when he's just like to Severine, he's like hey uh, I get it. These aren't your. These aren't your bodyguards. They, they're they trying to keep you from going places. You're a prisoner. You're a child slave. Yep. You did all this stuff. Yep. Cool. I'm gonna try and sleep with you. I was like, you just.
3: Yeah. yeah. You just were me. just
1: like, oh, were you? Mm-hmm. Are you trafficked as a child? That's that's interesting fact. I'm gonna try and sleep with you. I was like, really, this Bond? Is, really? This is where
0: you're going? Yeah. That, that, I will that's say this my, is like the, main, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: This is the worst part of the movie, and yeah. I mean, not not the not the Komodo dragon scene because that's one of the most memorable parts of the movie um when I when I was watching this that that was when kind of I was deciding whether or not I would still continue because I was like it's not fun to just know that oh this lady's gonna die you know like just knowing the convention even like just two movies in that I've watched like three I mean three three movies in I'm like okay this is the one this is the lady set up to die because she is a lady she's going to be set up to die. Let's literally, like, that's literally what it is. It's going to be like, oh, this is the female character who Bond will sleep with and then she will die. And the only upside to this in this entire s- scenario is that her death was not as gruesome as all the other deaths. And that's literally it. And I'm just like, I'm not, like, this is why, I this is the reason, the biggest reason I don't like Bond movies. But that said, um, everything else surrounding this moment, it's just like, was yeah, was really excellent. Like the the casino scene was really excellent. The Komodo dragons um, that sticks with you. Like that that's what I remember from twenty twelve. Like there's the Komodo dragons, right? <laughs> like that's what I remember. And um and also his scene with Money Penny is infinitely sexier. Just because um one it's just sexier to have characters who are on level with each other like ha- have a sexy old time um whereas that's completely absent from the scene with her name escapes me because all i could think of was she was gonna severine. die mm-hmm. yeah severine um who kind of looks a little bit like evergreen from a certain um uh, angle but yeah like it's it's that that contrast of i love money penny because one she is an active agent she has she has agency she She's competent, she, you've seen her before. And when Bond sleeps with her, there's kind of like this level of like trust and respect. And like, he, he like, this is just fun for them. Um, but for Severine, it's like the opposite. So it's like, I love that Money Penny was there. I love her role there. I love their whole thing and just their flirtation versus the one with Severine. It's just fun. Um, and then you get to um, Raul Silva. Uh, <laughs> um, he's
0: just he's just referred to as Silva in the film
3: yeah sorry sorry I'm like <laughs> um, yeah and it's just this part is I think yeah one of the most memorable parts of the entire movie it's like this entire section is where we get to the meat and bones I guess of the villain plot although I don't know if anyone else feels like this but did it feel almost like even though we were leading up to it like when we do get to Silva it's almost like does that feel a little convenient to you? But then they're like, We're already halfway through the movie. I guess we gotta get there. Uh, to yeah. Guy. It did it
1: because, movie, it because it was, it was planned.
0: planned. He, yeah, he no, planned I, it.
3: <laughs> no, oh that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just very quick that we're like, oh, we're here meeting this lady and now whoop, here's here he is. Yeah.
1: Rahul that's and and that's the thing. So like when I mentioned the whole like how Bond reacted to Savine, that was all set up because Rahul knew that bond would fall for that trap or silva silva knew we'd fall for that trap silva's like oh it's bond i need him here guess i'm gonna throw this chick in his way that's true that's true so even though i was just like oh really that's how you're gonna treat this chick and then i'm like oh it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the the writers that accidentally made this as part of like oh we did this it was literally the writers being like okay how is a villain gonna what kind of piece of candy is a villain gonna put down for Bond to follow his trail? Oh, knowing James Bond, this is my candy. Um and and so for me that's the one reason why it was different than every other Bond girl. Because it wasn't done by the writers by accident it wasn't done being like oops we did it was done by we have a villain who wants to use bond and get bond a certain place and what's the best bait we can use for bond this chick right so yeah as much as i hate movies being like this chick is bait for a particular motive for a character the fact that the villain was initiating that thought i'm like Oh, this isn't the producers. This is the actual villain of the movie. Okay.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's it's a problematic trope in Bond, no matter what. No, regardless of whether it's given a little more weight here, like or a little more story significance. I do agree. It's not it's not an an accidental misogyny on the part of the writers. This was very much a deliberate way. To show mm-hmm. just how sick Silva is, mm-hmm. um, by using this person to lure Bond so that he can meet him. Um, so unfortunately, yes, it is a trope. It's still problematic, but you know, I, I, am not giving it a pass. It's just, I can see where, how it was utilized here. And
3: it's Um, the least horrific death.
0: Yeah, that that is true. I think to not give it a pass and, and, and yeah, we should not give it a pass. Obviously Uh, the, the big, the biggest problem with it is that they made her a former sex slave and, uh, apparently from very young too. So that makes, adds a layer of problematic to it. Yeah. If it was, uh, I don't want to j- say just a woman, but somebody who is not, who didn't have that kind of trauma before, it would be less bad, still be bad, but still a little less bad. Yeah. That said, yeah. I was shocked when she was killed because uh, I didn't see it coming because for me, in my mind, it was like, money is obviously not the main Bond girl. There's no other woman around. Uh, has to be her. I thought she was going to live until the end of the film. But no, and that, this movie doesn't have a lead Bond girl, unless you count M.
2: No, I think the uh, the chemistry between Naomi uh, Naomi Harris and Daniel Craig in that scene it's almost like a ballet the way they play off each other. Mm. Um, so that's that was just it's so much fun to watch the two of them at that level and so mm-hmm. i think that that for me was definitely the high point of this of of, of this part um, and obviously javier bardem just there, there's something about that sequence the way he's he's introduced with a one shot with daniel craig there and he's just, just walking talking. towards yeah. him and talking like there's just something so menacing about that establishment mm-hmm. and it, and it's great and and you know you could tell that this guy is is definitely got got some issues in terms of you know what he's been through and so I think there's a relatability there which also makes it terrifying mm-hmm. um, that, that Javier Bardem totally sells and they they worked and they worked the gadgets in and they mm-hmm. had use not yeah not, exactly like, like, like he had a oh, very specific reason why up. he had this gadget. Yeah so mm-hmm. good stuff. Yeah.
3: Also I, I think in 2012 um I, I forgot I, I almost forgot about the scene. I thought it was from another movie like the scene where he's just like touching his thighs like that, I'm just like, this is like, I, I thought it was another movie that wasn't James Bond. I had that memory it like instilled in me. I'm like, ah, oh, interesting. And then I was like, oh wait, it's this movie. Oh yeah, I remember now. And that's where they imply that James Bond is bi. And now I'm like wishing that Rami Malek is the Bond girl from the, <laughs> the <villain. laughs> that's, I know.
1: That's, that's,
3: that's, that's the thing, right? Totally
1: like <laughs> they they, again, Again they understood that, you know, using a, a a woman in that in that level in that way was evil and they attribute it to the villain, not the actual studio being evil. But then by introducing, you know, uh Silva having that reaction with Bond, it again tries to undercut what Bond uses relationships for. So like essentially it was it was the reverse of Bond being like, I'm using you for this and you used her for this and now you're here. So I I feel like the writing in this in, yeah the writing and pacing in this particular scene where they introduce Raul, er, Silva um is so well done because they they understand all of the problems that they were encountering and they did
0: their best to fix it. They didn't do they didn't fix them. They just they understood and tried. Javier Bardem, uh his introduction as you were saying that one shot thought- uh, for him to be able to to say to to make that speech time it perfectly so that it starts at the end and ends exactly in front of bond must have been a feat in itself for him maybe <laughs> he, he tried oh, yeah. multiple takes before before they actually got that right oh, yeah. and then after that he's he's so what's interesting about his character is that you can see bond becoming him and i don't know if they thought about that or maybe i just read a rumor somewhere but Some people do believe that he was the former 007. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and that either way,
3: he is the former what Bond was to M, I would say. Like, maybe not exactly the same, but like, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe he was. the. I I think that was like, I guess it's not like not a direct implication, but it is like almost like an emotion you feel.
0: At MI6's new underground headquarters, M interrogates Silva, who blames her for what happened to him. Later, M has to attend an inquiry at Parliament about the attacks. Um, Meanwhile, Q attempts to decrypt Silva's laptop, but that instead gives it access to MI6 servers, allowing Silva to escape. Bond and Q realize that Silva Silva has been planning this for years and was meant to be taken to London. Um, Knowing that M is in danger, Bond chases Silva across underground London and they all come to a showdown at Parliament. Bond saves M and takes her to his storage unit. There, they pick up his Aston Martin DB5 and Bond takes her out of London to a place where Silva will not have an advantage.
2: Well, yeah, like to go back to the the previous point, um, you can tell that he was definitely a double O agent and he was probably to M what Bond is right now. And I think that's what makes makes it so interesting, you know, how, because Bond doesn't get captured. So there's no reason to disavow him and leave him at the behest of a government to torture and disfigure. Right. So this happened to to Silva. And so he obviously has the vendetta because um, you know, he was loyal to MI6, he was loyal to her, and and they and they abandoned him. And I guess, you know, that 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 is like when he when he removes his his retainer slash face mold and you see like what he actually looks like, like that's, yeah, that's, it it says everything you need to know about how MI6 does not care about its agents. Like they will leave you. And that's, yeah, the rest of your life is in your hands. And so I thought that that was really well done. Obviously the, the, the scene at the, the scene climaxing in the parliament was perfect because obviously M is answering whether MI6 is, is even an organization that should still exist and then obviously the attack it happens which is funny because it in mi6 indirectly caused it but they're also only the ones that can prevent it can stop it so it's like that was done really well and obviously the aston martin db5 which is a beautiful beautiful beast of a, of a machine in itself yeah i think you're right in
1: terms of like um him being a double o agent because that kind of harkens back to casino royale where he- bond was being tortured and was captured and uh was being hit in the nuts with uh the giant random rope um because in that scene mi6 wasn't coming to save him outside of like extenuating circumstances that that was it for bond he Mm -hmm. would have been tortured and tortured and tortured and then if he had if he had survived then he would have just been Silva. So the, the idea that, like, he talks about, you know, oh, I was tortured, I was tortured, and then eventually, like, I tried to escape and it didn't work, and I'm like, y- y- literally there was one plot twist in Casino Royale that could have just been Silva's story, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and the writers of, of Skyfall knew this, right? They, they specifically said he was tortured, and then when he couldn't deal with it anymore after how many weeks he he tried to kill himself and i'm like yeah that could have been daniel craig's bond Mm -hmm. um and and they i mean they ignore everything that happens in quantum but that's fair
3: Mm -hmm. i love um that they use a cyanide pill like a real like a very real thing that agents have used in real life and say this doesn't always work and this is what happens when it doesn't work and it just makes it 10 times more horrific when you're like thinking about the fact that this is a real thing. This has definitely happened to somebody for them to know in detail what happens. And also just um, I think this is the moment that I d- had decided that I would that I hated M, which is why it was surprising to me to like her like near to the end of the film. So it was like it was a mo- like I think what this movie does that the other movies fail to do is humanize M. Like they do humanize Bond a little bit, but like humanizing M is kind of just like, well, this is a job. Like she does this, she does, she does horrible things. And very rarely do you feel that is, that she has any sort of empathy.
2: I, I think with M it's, it's because she, it's, it's exactly the, the, the human cost versus the patriotic cost. I guess you could say it's like, you know, there's, there's a way that you act when you're representing your country. You know when you're representing mm. your country's interest, and you can tell that her, the her her it it conflicts with how she personally believes, but because she has to do her job, that unfortunately takes precedence. So even though she totally um, wants, you know, to make amends with Silva, and she or she wants to, she even to a point feels that she deserves, you know, what's coming to her. She has to stop it, and she has to look him at him as a villain because that's that's how how he's he's seen. Right, mm-hmm. was a hundred
1: percent a symbolism for England in 2012. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point was England and Eng- what England has done and how they have operated throughout the time uh, is incredibly problematic, and it uh, definitely screws over people uh, who are not from British descent, um, and the. Only people it serves are the people sitting in a justice hall talking about things and her having to be like, Yeah, it's my job to do all of these horrible things, and if I don't do it, you all can't sit in your comfy chairs. Um and then having her realize you know, going into that car ride to be like, Right, this isn't this isn't good, but I understand my weight of my decisions, I understand what I have to do, and then Ironically, going to Scotland for help seems kind of funny in England's, uh, <laughs> in England's defense. I mean, like, oh no, we're screwed. Let's go to Scotland. <laughs> so-
0: M is, I mean, she's a professional, and I believe that she's always made the right decision, whether it was with Ronson, with Bond, with Silva. Mm-hmm. She always looked, because if Silva, the alternative would have been to create a, a real conflict with China.
3: Yeah, with exactly.
0: Bond. If she didn't ask Benny to take that shot, well, what what ha- actually happened is what she was trying to prevent. Exactly. And we see the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. So she's always been that, but for that, for her job to come back and bite her like that is is very interesting. It also it also affects her uh, her decisions throughout the movie. Sending Bond, uh send, sending Bond to Shanghai even though he didn't pass the test. I think is a result of that. It's it's her guilt. It's her not wanting to give up on her agents anymore, because it, that's starting to really take a toll on her. I think mm-hmm. in, if that situation was not happening, she never would have sent one. Yeah. So yeah. it's I, I kind of agree that this film shows her, humanizes her more and and make makes her actually pay the price of her job. But I don't think this is the point. I I don't think the ending is the point where that starts i think it starts very much early on i think it's mm-hmm. it's at the moment where bond falls and she just looks outside and she feels that but at the same time she doesn't want to show that to yeah. her staff yeah That's which is fair. which is funny
1: adele because if you uh if you send an agent who isn't prepared uh to shanghai and then they die or get captured because they're not prepared uh, you kind of like I can only send Bond because I don't want to give up on him. All right, Bondy, you go into this Shanghai thing. Oh, your shoulder screwed up. Oh, you got captured. Oh, I can't call you back. Ooh. Yeah, but it is. My I think
3: like yeah, but it does work out to her getting like I think it's because it shows like it like we know that she probably has been carrying this for the longest time, but this is where like she finally gets to show it because she's not acting in an in an official capacity near the end of this film
0: bond and m arrive in scotland at bond's childhood home skyfall there they meet the housekeeper kinkade the trio booby trap the house and prepare for Silva's men to attack during the battle bond uses his b5 to fire at the enemies Silva arrives by helicopter and blows it up M is wounded and she and kinkade escape through a priest hole uh, to the moor and then to the chapel uh, blonde uh, sorry bond blows up the house, destroying the helicopter in the process. Silva catches up with M at the chapel, but Bond arrives and kills him. Unfortunately, M's wound proves to be lethal and she dies in Bond's arms. Back at MI6, Bond is reunited with Miss Moneypenny, who's now become Mallory's assistant. She shows Bond into Mallory's office, where Mallory asks Bond if he's ready to get back to work. Bond replies, with pleasure, M. With pleasure, gun barrel, Bond theme, the end of Skyfall, but James Bond will return. Mm.
3: James Bond well, no. shouldn't have returned. This is yeah, it should have been
1: Craig's. It should have been Craig's last movie. This yeah. should have been Craig's last movie. <laughs> it um,
3: perfect, it was perfect ending. I don't. I, mean, I don't
1: it could have know per, per, how he return with somebody
0: else in the role, right?
1: Um, <laughs> There, there are so many things that kind of wrapped up not just this movie in a neat little package, but James Bond as a character over the last three movies. Number two being, eh. But, uh, the the three Bond movies that we had Daniel Craig in, this felt like a good way
2: to kind of wrap up that trilogy. It's, I feel that. Um... I don't think you'd even need a trilogy. I think you can remove the second film completely because the the, mm. the 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 stuff they reveal about Vesper in that it actually hurts the character and hurts Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah. So I'd rather just it ends well in that, and then this this can pick up years later that now he's 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 that agent. So I think I think with um, the last bit, I liked the idea of taking it back to like his origin. Like, you know, the abandoned orphanage and whatnot. And and it doesn't do it in a way that it explains so much about his backstory. It's just like the place that he's from. It's not like a suit. Because I've read some things about like, you know, like it's he they give him a superhero origin story. And I'm like, well, they don't give you enough for that. And they established that in Casino Royale, like Vesper kind of called him out, like, "Yeah, you're an orphan because that's who MI6 would would love to recruit." And so they kind of just pay, uh, pay it off here. And yeah. it's also a great place to have a shootout, open air yeah. space corridors, mm-hmm. fire, so you can have the the the, the Roger Deakins shots of of silhouettes looking over at fire. So, <laughs> so it's yeah. so good.
3: I I, I really enjoyed. Um... Like, yeah, like the, the it's, it's um, what's like it, It's Home Alone. They did a, Home oh, Alone. It's, it's a, that's Home a
0: pet people mind, too. Yeah they, yeah, they did. Yeah, oh, they did. It's like, I you love- know, what, yeah, what it. It, this is like. This is like the people who watch Shang-Chi and say, Oh, look, it's a Pokemon when it's inspired yeah. by something else, which Home Alone was inspired the, by. The groundskeeper
2: also. is the. Yeah. Is the, 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 the old man from The Neighbor? Yeah, and the old,
3: yeah he is. They, they find him. And he's Gee. just like, yeah, I'm, I'm down, a for, home this. I'm like, down. I'm down for this. It's all alone and like with three people. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, like just the whole setup, I think that like it showed that they were spies. Like, I mean, obviously the groundskeeper isn't, but he's in on it. So he's like hmm. fighting. But like it shows that even M, who is not physically capable, is a spy she's like okay what can i do to be useful and she like sets up the glass in the in the um in the light bulbs and it's like very in- like she has ingenuity she's very intelligent she she's a spy <laughs> like listen like even if she's no longer in the field she knows what she's she, doing she was
0: never in the field
3: i mean yeah yeah she was never in the field but like she understands what is needed to like make this happen you know what i mean so it's like and Bond with like, the, the guns in the car. I, I just enjoyed like that aspect of them preparing yeah, for I, I, an invasion. I'm not somebody
0: who cheers at movies. When the Aston Martin, when it was revealed that Bond was in the car and started shooting, I cheered and didn't do it intentionally, just came out. I, I, that's how much I enjoyed that film back then. It's, it's so hit me emotionally. This film hit me emotionally on so many levels. And, um, oh, Ed, Andrew Bond, Mm -hmm. Monique Delacroix, uh, from the books as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Andrew Bond is Scottish because of Sean Connery. That was after, uh, Fleming added that after Sean Connery. Monique Mm -hmm. Delacroix is Swiss. Yeah. And that's, uh, I don't know if it's a running joke or something, but it's, uh, (laughs) Ed, every time there's something about Switzerland because he's half Swiss. Mm -hmm. Just like James Bond. You're half Swiss like James Bond. We have our own 007 here. I will. I will take it. Although I don't have, <laughs> I don't
2: have the killing skills of James Bond. So Thank God. <laughs> you'd, you'd be a pretty you'd be a pretty crappy spy if you told us that. Ooh. Ooh.
3: Yeah. Okay, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, suspicious.
2: Or I'd be the best spy because you would expect, expect
0: me to have crappy fighting skills and then I don't.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: Final thoughts. Um, just one, one last thing before our final thoughts, something I thought was very interesting in the fight scene, and Leon, I'm sure you appreciated that, is that Bond picks up the weapons all around, every time he's, he runs out of bullets, he just picks up another weapon because of all, all those people who died, uh, that, that was a lot of fun, and I loved his reaction when the DB5 gets destroyed, because you see that in his face, he's really pissed at that point, and mm-hmm. then he blows up the whole thing, um, And, uh, there's a line from, um, from King Kate when he's pulling the, the weapons and everything and says, when all else fails, the old ways are the best, which again hits to, um, talks to this theme of this film, showing that old people still are still relevant.
3: It's Uh already.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, like my final thoughts for this movie, it's, uh, it's good. (laughs) I mean, like, it's, it's, it's good. Um, It's just, I think this movie, the saving grace for this movie, and by saving grace I mean really the movie itself, is just very stellar writing. Simple as that. Like, it's, it's written in a way where every sentence is decided by the sentence previous, which is decided by the sentence previous. And especially in action movies, especially in Bond movies where there are tropes that people just have to accept bond has crazy gadgets bond bond does this bonds a woodenizer Bond blah 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 it's very easy for a writer to just be like well i guess i'll write this trope in but this movie very much understands that you know they're telling a story and the story is not made of separate parts it's made of a continuous arc um and Of course, being influenced by everything happening with Marvel at the current time, because it's 2012 when they were doing this, uh, and being told, hey, let's make this thing a universe, because that's what they want to do, and tie everything to previous movies and have this whole arc, you know, they said, okay, well, let's look at what Bond has done in the past, and let's look at what ones in our previous arc has done, and when we tell our story, we're not going to tell our story to make it fit into pre-existing, you know, worlds we're just going to tell our story and we're just going to have you know pepper it with ideas of what has happened in the past and it's it's rare to be done and by that the writing of this movie makes it a good movie
2: we will uh be nothing but nitpicks in the next one <laughs> i mean among all other things that this movie is like it's a great script it's a great it's great action it's great- shots great direction great acting everything about this movie in my opinion is is pretty great definitely ranks up there with the top action movies um definitely up there with the, the top bond movies um i it's funny because i don't remember the movie that well and i don't remember how much i liked it back when i saw it in 2012 but then seeing it so i was like i wasn't sure if it was going to be up to casino royale standards because casino royale to me was always the pinnacle of, of bond um and so watching this it was pretty shocking at how great it was and it was like I really don't have any major complaints with the film I mean like other than the obvious problematic scenes that we've talked about already Mm -hmm. um I can't really like it's a great film so it's getting an eight out of ten for me which is the same thing I gave it to uh, Casino Royale because it's right up there um and so you know I I totally see why they brought Sam Mendes back for Spectre. I don't know how he made the choices he made with Spectre, but that's a conversation for another time. (laughs)
3: Uh Um, My final thoughts are, I think what this movie does and why I cannot say whether Casino Royale is better or this is better, but they're both like amazing. This movie fixes a lot of the problems of other Bond movies in such a way that it doesn't necessarily remove them, but it does address them. Like it kind of like deconstructs, it's, a, it's the Bond deconstruction movie I think this one is without necessarily making it not a Bond movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it has the least amount of problems that are inherent to Bond movie structures. Whereas I think Casino Royale is more classic Bond but done in a very, in the, in the most competent way possible. Like I think this movie deconstructs Bond in the most competent way possible. So I think like that's why these like you cannot say which is better because if you are a Bond purist, perhaps Casino Royale is better. If you don't like Bond and like you know perhaps this is better. But overall, like this movie does an amazing job taking the character of Bond and addressing all of its problems while also kind of just like making it a good, well written. Like it's not just deconstruction for deconstruction's sake. It is people who clearly love the character or at least love this 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 character that they have written. And they are deciding that here are all his problems and here are like, and this is like and humanizing him instead of just making him less likable. Um, and again, the best part about this movie, bar none, set up payoff. And it does that in every single aspect of this movie, perfectly if not um, like, if not perfectly, amazingly. Set up payoff, satisfying movie um, all, all over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is, I think if I had to suggest somebody who's never seen a Bond film, uh, a movie to start, this is a very good one. This may be the best one, at least at the moment to suggest to people. And even more so than Casino Royale. I think it would be either or. Uh, uh, This is the first film that I think, I think it's one of the greatest, obviously it's one of the greatest Bond films, but I think it's also one of the greatest action films of all time mm. in, in its own right, without even being a Bond film, because of everything that it does, as you you guys said so well, it's like everything succeeds in this film um, It's very interesting to see Bond at 50 at that point, turning 60 next year at 50 at that point, to still find ways to be relevant and that's um to the credit of the bond producers they've over 50 years and now 60 years they've always been able to find ways to still be relevant with the times after the cold war people thought bond was going to be over after the 60s people thought Bond was going to be over 9 11 happened people thought bond was going to be over but they always found a found a way to adapt the series to the current times and and still make that character relevant they've been they've made horrible, like really bad films over the years, of course, but they've always found a way to come back. And Skyfall is one of these movies. And it's really interesting the way they were able to address those characters at their core to really explore them, even more than Casino Royale, which already did that. But the The scene where Bond talks about his childhood with M is both exploring bond and m to be able to do that like that in the writing it's it's wonderful it's 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 really really wonderful i i love this film i think uh this is the movie that die another day 10 years earlier should have been which was also an anniversary bond which had bond captured been imprisoned for 14 months and released and then after that 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 idea is completely dropped and he's in total, in completely good shape, where this one you see the weight of him being away for three months and get, getting actually you see the toll that it took on him. Um, overall, yeah, watch this movie.
3: Watch this movie. What a, yeah. yeah What a difference a
2: What a difference 10, year, ten years makes, eh yeah, in no. 2002's <laughs> die another Day to 2012's Specter like
3: it's oh, a Tokyo. That's a
2: huge quality jump.
3: Yeah. Oh no. Spectre Skyfall. <laughs>
2: Skyfall. well well, well specter the the quality. well yeah i mean we we'll about takes a bit
1: oh, of a oh dive, yeah, yeah. But, you said 2012 yeah. twelve no. like, no, what casino <laughs> royale quantum of solace bounce back for skyfall and then we we in for the weeds for okay
0: we do this so yeah <laughs> well well boom, boom, well boom, and then well uh well here's the thing with the bright side what does that mean for no time to die Means it's going to be the best bond ever. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> Hope so. or, or when you landed hard,
2: you broke all your legs and can't rebound. <laughs> I don't think so. I think <laughs> the time you die
0: is going to be Carrie, one.
2: Carrie, let's see, let see. Jo- Joji Fuganaga has never made a be- a film that hasn't been great.
3: Knock Man,
2: on wood. Knock man's going to kill it. Uh, law of averages. That means you're going to make a bad movie eventually. <laughs> You know what? <laughs>
3: like, off on wood.
2: You know what? Denis Villeneuve is going what? 10 11 years strong hasn't made a bad film. D- David mm-hmm. Fincher, okay, maybe Mank wasn't that great, but I <laughs> <laughs> that oh, call it bad film. This. Yeah, I wouldn't call it bad either. So, <laughs> yeah. There's Anyways, some out there a uh, box office. Oh yeah, god, this is off. the. I think this is the first and only film. Uh, James Bond film to crack a billion dollars, so um, yeah. it was sure. a it was a two hundred million dollar budget, which hilariously enough was the same budget as Quantum of Solace. and they definitely got their money's worth here. Um, so three hundred four million domestic, and then eight hundred four million international, which is a one point mm. one billion dollar film for twenty twelve.
3: Yeah, um, which is wild because twenty twelve is when Avengers came out. So yeah. you're like, you're kind of like looking at this, and you're like. Um, Having this film be that successful is um, is a is a testament to what this film is and how like I remember this film more than anything else. Like this is the the Bond film for me. So and,
2: and yeah, an Avengers grossed 1.5 million about I would say six months earlier than this mm-hmm. or six months prior yeah. that was released. So yeah, that was a huge 2012 was a huge
0: year for 2012,
3: 2012 was a big year movies. for movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Dark Knight Rises was out too. Mm-hmm. Which Bond
0: beats. Yeah. Actually, it was Avengers, Bond, then yeah. Dark Knight.
1: Yeah, because yeah. this movie's better than Dark Knight Rises.
0: Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but that's well, well, the, but it's still we'll like a about, big, yeah, Talk about that one. Yeah, we'll the... yeah, talk yeah, about that okay. one day. I, I thought you guys um, would argue
1: me. I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> that's. I
2: like,
1: like
3: Dark Knight no, Rises, totally gonna... but I do think uh, that you know. this is a better movie. Of oh, course. yeah, yeah. This is a much better movie,
2: yeah. I don't. I think Dark Knight Rises is a better movie. We'll argue that Ooh, later.
3: well, okay, okay, um, 90, I see so, that. Well, so, I, I like Dark Knight Rises better. So <laughs> I like it better, but it, I don't think it's a better movie. I policy. would argue it's
2: a better movie, but we're not going to argue that right now. Uh, <laughs> 92% certified fresh, uh, average out of 381 reviews. Definitely one of the highest rated Bond films, I believe. Uh, and on IMDb, it's a little bit lower than, Sky, uh, than Casino Royale. Casino Royale has an eight. Uh, out of ten. Uh this one has a seven point seven out of ten. But to be
3: fair, how many reviews does Casino Royale have versus Skyfall?
2: Uh I think it's about the same. Right about the same. Oh. 20, They're like six 20. years apart. Yeah. Uh actually Skyfall has more reviews, six hundred and forty eight thousand averaged. Um but the highest review is still an eight which it is on Casino Royale as well. So mm-hmm. that is the most popular review. It's just I think more people gave this a seven than they did uh they I did a nine, which is where Casino Royale kind of picked up maybe on that respect. But, you know, it's IMDb. It's a user review. It's not always accurate. Can't mm-hmm. be manipulated. So who knows? Um, but that's basically from us. I haven't met anyone that doesn't like this movie. Although mm-hmm. I, I know it has detractors, but, like, I haven't met them. So. And I love yeah. it. And I love it. So it doesn't matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Sweet. <laughs> All Fantastic. right. Well, uh, yeah, guys. Uh,
1: thanks
0: for listening well, to another episode. This um, is the end. Hold your breath. And down to ten. <laughs> <laughs>
3: this and... is the end. <laughs> yeah. We'll Feel um, the earth move, and, and then. To 10. And then next month. Amina oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the last
0: month,
3: statement we'll I'm gonna back. leave this movie with is um, the reason that I remember this more than the other movies is because after this film, everyone was shipping Q and Bond. Ta-da! That's my. <laughs> con- that's my uh, Q and contribution are to this. Too young
0: for that. He's not old enough to use his father.
3: Yeah, but that doesn't stop people. <laughs> Are you kidding
1: me? All right. <laughs> Anywho, All right. Yeah. Uh, we will We're see you next off. month because next month will be next week. It'll be October. Uh, so once again, oh. guys, yeah, 2021 yeah. is <laughs> almost done. Watch <laughs> the good movies. Uh, yes, guys, as, watch as good always. movies. Uh, of course, as always, remember, uh, we love you. We love you.
0: Let the sky fall when, when it comes. we not on that. Good we will night, people. Much all, love. Peace. Peace it all, it all. Together. together. I think I'll give the you enough to cut, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I cut you guys off ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> That's going to be my last line. I cut you guys off ages ago. Click.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Block Mechanics. Want to learn more about Skyfall? Check out our posts on Instagram this week. We've got some fun posts planned about the film throughout the week, including my ranking of the James Bond villains. You can also follow us on Facebook, Plot Mechanics Official, or Twitter, at Plot Mechanics 4. Next week, we have a completely different film, Hayao Miyazaki's Kiki's Delivery Service. And in two weeks, James Bond will return in Spectre. Take care and see you soon.